Welcome to the No Bullshit Beauty Podcast, where we talk openly and honestly about beauty, business and everything in between. We discuss everything you need to know in order to grow as a beauty boss, whether that be working for yourself or someone else. Our goal in this podcast is to inspire, motivate and encourage you on your journey in the beauty industry. We won't shy away from real talk, so buckle up. Yeah. Welcome to episode three of the No Bullshit Beauty podcast. So we were doing episode two and we talked too much so we had to break that into two more episodes. Yes, so our Q&A is now part one, two Two and and three. three. Right, okay. The next question is what do you do when you have a client you really dislike? It's really hard, isn't it? Like, like I keep mentioning, uh, when you build your client base, you will have clients that are like-minded, that you get on with, is the vibes that you put out. Mm-hmm. So when you are building your clientele, and obviously a plus because you're self-employed, you choose your clients. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there will yeah. always be one that will slip through the net. Mm, that's how you deal with it. Yeah, I have experienced a client that I didn't like in the past. Um, and actually it wasn't anything to do with um, her like during the appointment or whatever way it was her um, political beliefs and some other things that sort of she had voiced and I was like oh shit we do not think the same (laughs) and it the more she was talking in the appointment the more I was thinking "Uh uh-oh no 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 and we came from very polar opposite and then her attitude then it dominated and I, I did not gel with it at all um but it's how you handle it mm-hmm. um you aren't going to like every single client you have mm-hmm. but you know what they're paying your fucking appointment so it is what it is if you have one client out of 20 for me in in my opinion you might think differently but mm-hmm. if you've got one client that you don't like but you've got 20 that you do like that woman is or person is still paying for that appointment they're still contributing towards your bills at the end of the month thanks very much crack on i don't think unless it is unless it is like an absolute issue where they are causing friction and nastiness but you're in control you can just say okay well you know you can be professional and you no longer perform the service yeah if they're if it's, if it's to do with the appointment that you're doing and the service that you're doing and they are one of these people that you can never please and there is always something wrong and there is always a niggle comment and then they're just not following the aftercare or there's always seems to be one fucking drama after another with yeah. this person you can politely and respectfully say do you know what i think that um what i do uh, it, with the, with the lashes for you is not um is not best suited yeah. for you yeah. i can recommend and then recommend somebody else yeah pass you know them pass them on <laughs> or say let me um let me sort of look around for a, a tech that i think you'd gel better with you know with more of your style and more more of your preference because obviously i'm not i'm not able to perform what you want yeah. and don't say it in a bitchy way i find it hard not to say it in a bitchy way yeah um like we said before, think about it. Don't just send a message and be like, I don't want you as my client. But You're representing the business yes. at all times. Being Anything can be screenshotted mm-hmm. and shared. Anything yeah. can, and that one moment could tarnish your entire career. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's yeah. obviously, it depends what level 
of dislike it is if it's something just like beliefs that you don't match but it's, it's not hurting either yeah. of you yeah and just crack on um if you feel uncomfortable around them remember it's your business you don't have to do it no um you're always unavailable at the time yeah. you have an appointment you don't have appointments be real. You can be honest. You don't. It, you'll probably sound like a dick to them, but just like like you said, just say, I just don't think uh, we are compatible. I don't yeah. think I'm going to give you what you want. Yeah. Um, and I'll respectfully and I, yeah. step away from you as my client. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, a good way as well. Once you do start getting clients, um, increasing your prices will cut out um the ones that you don't want. Cut on. Um, I decreased my days, so obviously I lost a couple of clients, but not my, not my loyal ones who will work around me. Yeah. So there's a couple of different ways you can do it, but like I said, when you are building clients, you will get clients who mesh with you, mesh with your ethos and your personality and stuff. Mm. So it'd be less likely if you um. And it depends what sort of area and stuff that you're in, isn't it? Mm. But, but yeah, there's a lot of different things to take take from it. Do a pro and con list. I you fucking love a pro and con list. <laughs> I get that all the time. What do I do? Write a pro and con list. <laughs> I don't have a pen. I don't have a pen. <laughs> okay. Mm. Next, uh, next question. So most annoying thing a client does during an app. Oh, how this much time have you got? Spill the tea, tea episode. Jesus. <laughs> um, obviously it's going to be a little bit different between it, but mm. similar. So how clients sit, and I say this to my students: your body comes first. You're going to be sat here all day doing clients. You need to be comfortable, not mm. your client. Make sure you've got an armrest, set up the table and the chairs to exactly how you want it. Before I got new chairs, my clients would know to not move my freaking swivel chair. <laughs> it stays. Just get the shit out of me. <laughs> it stays. You turn it, you sit on it, you turn your back in. You don't move the base because that is the ideal spot where um, I need your arms. Mm. <laughs> Jesus Christ. When it's basically how clients sit. Yeah. So if clients sit, Sass does this, sits with her legs to the side oh, of the table and is like this. Uh, right bougie bitch. <laughs> and for those of you that couldn't see that for the YouTube for the podcast listeners, I sit like to like the I'm, side. Her legs aren't under the table. I sit like a supervillain. <laughs> so to the side. So it's little things like that. So if your client, if your client comes in and they sit to the side or they don't sit straight or they slouch back um, and pull their hands away from you when you're trying to hold on, so then it means you're trying to lean over the table. I'm don't do it for the first time today. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so just remember, you're the one that's going to be sat here all day doing clients. If your back goes, you're going to be screwed and you're going to have a couple of days off. So always make sure that you, you want your client to be comfortable, but mm -hmm. you're more important. So you need to get your clients in the right place, have their arms in the right place. Once you are really strict with this, after a couple of appointments, they will know mm. how to sit and what position. Um, and to give them a little slap on the hand and be like, give me a yeah. bitch, give me your hands. They um, don't know like what it what means. Exactly, what it means. yeah. Like I had no idea. So I'm going <laughs> to behave myself next appointment, Jesus Christ. <laughs> 
obviously uh, don't be a dick right i'm not being an absolute dick like if you get a client who is a bit more voluptuous obviously mm. you've got to take that into account if you've got a client who's pregnant little, little things tiny. like that little tiny tiny little lumps. yeah there's there's little things obviously you can change the size of your desk if you need to obviously a, a slim mind desk is a little bit more easier i think when a client tries to open their eyes <clears throat> before the appointment's people, finished why do people do that or they, uh, no, scratch that. When their phone rings and they answer it, but I don't, like, I will answer the phone for you and I'll do it for you so you don't have to move. But when they open their eyes really, like, just subtly to try yeah. and open it themselves, and I offer to do it, and they open it, or they say, who's that text from? And then they try and reply, and I'm like, would you put your phone down? Yeah. Because I have really strong chemicals by your eyeballs. Yes. And then they wonder why their eyes are watering after that. Oh yeah, and like, sitting in, it's their own fault. It's, they deserve no, it. I'm not, <laughs> not going to lie to you, it's usually my very, very young girls that do yeah. that. The ones that are like glued to their phones. Um, or like their phones, are, they're usually the ones that have their phones on loud. And their Snapchat and everything else is like ping, 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 ping. Mm -hmm. And they try and answer it, they try and like use their phone. Or they go, can I just check my phone real quick? And I'm like, mm, no. Or, I'm on a roll. <laughs> or they go, can I go for a wee? And I'm like, uh, okay. Like if you have, if you're gonna wee yourself, then fine. But then when you're doing that, you're untaping them. All this is taking up extra time at the appointment. Mm -hmm. so you're thinking, right, okay, I've now got to factor in this time loss. But also, they you're taking the pads off. They don't have enough time to sort of slowly have everything removed and nano misted and the mm. glue dry so the glue is wet so they're opening their eyes and and the fumes are going into their eyes and then they're all sore and then they come back down and they've touched something in the bathroom because you know that they've touched their lashes in the bathroom because they've looked at them yeah and then they come back and you're like cool let's try again that's really fucking annoying i can't stand that apart from yeah. if you're one of my pregnant girls then you can feel yeah like... yeah that's it like and again that's that goes back to control um Get a and your clients knowing what isn't isn't acceptable. Yeah, you just um, go down the ground. I'm sorry. Go for a freaking wee before you come to the appointment. <gasps> see, doesn't she look so scary? You're gonna. Maybe you can't see. <laughs> but the thing is, you were coming to an appointment. Yeah. Um, you have got um that amount of time that you have to do that. Ask if you can go to the appointment before. Don't mm. drink a bottle of coke or something before you come to your appointment. Or coffee. So because when you're drinking coffee, it makes your eyes really twitchy because obviously it's a stimulant. So you're laying down on the bed and you're shaky, vibrating little little Florence. Yeah. So I think there's multiple things and everyone's not sort of personal preference, but set rules mm. um, and just make people aware because obviously they're not lash techs or nail techs. So yeah, they, they just don't know. Don't know. So then some, ugh, it's not like they're trying to be annoying on purpose. I'm it's just little things. Do. It's just little, <laughs> just little things. things. Yeah. Make a do and don't post on your Instagram. A pro and contest. <laughs> do and don't. Don't do this. Do do this. And that's it, really. Um, okay, so we've got another question. Crediting other people's work. So important. Yeah, so there's a fine line. Um, I think the question was crediting the original person's post. So obviously this is our more so with um, nails. So if you've found someone who isn't the original creator, so say um, Nail Tech One recreate uh, made something like um, a design, 
Nail Tech 5 did it and, and you, you saw Nail Tech 5 do it, not Nail Tech 1, I would create Nail Tech 5. I would um, credit. credit Nail Tech 5. I wouldn't backtrack and find the first person who created this design. Yeah. Um, I think it's really hard because you may have people who'll be like, oh my God, I created this first, when actually someone less known could have actually done it first. Um, or people could have the same thought created at the same time. Um, but yeah, if, if if your client has sent you of somebody else's work and you're going to recreate that or take inspiration, I would always... Um, Say inspired by. Yeah, inspired by. You'll see that on my posts when um on instagram a lot i always i always credit um but i have like a standard set which a lot of people get whereas i will do a reverse french i will do a baby boomer i will do a bit of marble a bit of glitter and that is like my main sets that i do that people come to me for um and i may have got inspo from people over the years since i started i'm not going to then go and tag everyone um and credit everyone that i ever thought saw doing these originally mm. yeah where'd you draw the line exactly you you've got a you've got to have somewhere that you're not going to do it i'm not going to try and think back and be like who did I, who did i ever see do a reverse french first and i must credit those no because it's learning you learn from mm. everyone con- consistent like con- continuously um so yeah like i said you've got to draw the line somewhere i think that's probably a more um prevalent issue with mm. nails rather than with lashes. I think with lashes, it's more um, giving credit to branding and mm. packaging and stuff like that. I actually had yes. a, a nail tech, a nail tech, a lash tech in South Africa copy my story, crop and edit my story and put it onto their story as if it was theirs. But the color code is the actual lash candy color code, like the exact coding for that specific color. Mm. And, and I'd done that post and created it on Canva, which is an app all of you need for all of your posts and things like that. It's amazing. Mm. Um, and they posted it and it was my exact lash candy colour. So I knew that they'd copied my post mm. and they didn't even tag me or anything. I just think, mm, really rude. rude. Yeah. Um, I see the big techs a lot have the, the, um, the courtesy. So She Lash and Mr. Lash are... Um, quite close together and they uh, like they're close with each other and they tag each other all the time um and they give credit to each other and i do see a lot of girls say inspired by the cern so map or this that and the other but i think for the lash industry it's more crediting um people's actual packaging and their branding yeah. because i do feel unless you credit it just looks like a copycat it looks it, like you're just you're does. just plagiarizing yeah because like I said to Lash uh, Sass earlier, um, you can call me Lash. <laughs> Lash, like, and and it does happen. In, like I was saying before, um, you could have the thought, not put it onto paper or do anything with it, and then someone else do it, and you'd be like, oh, I was going to do that. Then what you need to do is instead of being like, I'm going to do it because I'm going to carry on doing it, even though it's going to be exactly the same as that person, change it. Mm. Just make a, make a small change. Um, and add I know, your stamp. Yeah, add your stamp of it, like. Mm. Um, nails are a bit different because people we do take inspo from from each other and um, try new things, but when it is packaging, branding, names like I had with with my name, um, which was sorted straight away. Yeah. Um, you've got to be respectful. Like people put 
loads of thought and work and creativity into their branding yeah, 100%. don't just be like oh that's a good idea i'm gonna do it but i'm just gonna change the color the amount it's, no it's a dick move not it is the amount of candy bags that i see lash techs now using for their aftercare kits or whatever it is they're doing they're putting their spoolies in obviously the candy bags is because it's lash candy and i do feel like i did it in the beginning however i could be thinking that and there was a baby tech who wasn't like you know only had a couple of hundred followers yeah, that they did it and didn't even think that i had done it but obviously yeah. i had more also of a presence the other side of the world that's yeah. done it like or just more local and down the street but whatever yeah <laughs> but yeah give credit and do you know what it's nice because when you give when you give credit to somebody they feel appreciated and then they reshare you and if they've got more of a following or a bigger presence they're sharing you you're getting noticed anyway exactly so. instead of someone being like oh what a dick move mm. they're going oh thanks for saying i inspired you let me share it yeah like it's great being an inspiration to people and then they then it, you get away with second. using it yeah and, and like I get it like I get it it's hard sometimes to think of packaging and things like that but when you're outright copying just don't don't do it change it because you don't want to be the same as somebody no, else it's not you original. want it to be original you want it to be you because you are the branding like um, and if it is really about you and your branding it will look different to somebody else's yeah it's your personality exactly and your style yeah i mean lash boxes are going to be the same like in the shape and everything Mm. so think of what what makes you your brand and put it on Mm. there yeah because you are your brand Mm. so if you're copying somebody else you're not you're not having any personality into it and then that's vacuous and then people will read into that and then then it also means that you're in a disposition uh, a disadvantage sorry disadvantage position because um you cannot make your move until i've made mine so until I then do something next, you can't, if you're copying mm. somebody, you can't then, what, what do I do next? I'll wait for them to do them and then I'll copy that. So you're always one step behind. Whereas if you're doing your own thing or you're crediting work and you're using a little bit here as inspiration, a little bit here, and you're creating this amalgamation of everybody you're inspired by, yeah. and then you're creating your own version of that, then you're just doing it at your own pace and your own, your own thing. But yeah, credit everybody where it's applicable, please. Yeah. Otherwise it's rude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I put my clothes away. Um, and the next question was, do you think working under someone is more money saving than working for yourself? This is a tough question and I feel like it can go one of two ways. Yeah. I do feel like, for example, with my setup with Emily, mm. she's saving way more money because she earns pure profit. Because mm. we do a 50-50. So I do 50-50% commission with her. Um, the products she uses are mine. The bed that she uses in the in the salon is mine. Well, the space is mine. The bed is hers, but the space is mine. Mm. I pay for the rent. I pay for the products. I pay for everything. She rocks up to work. She does her lashes. She takes her co- her commission and then she goes home. So what she's earned is is not being none of that's going into her products. None of that is going into her rent. None of that is going into anything. It's her money. What she her. chooses to do with. Yep. So. For somebody who doesn't want the stress of, um, you know, stock and rent and all these things, um, if you worked for somebody on a commission basis, I think you're you're saving more money. Because mm. for me, with her, 
I'm paying for her space, I'm paying for her products. If she drops a pair of tweezers, I have to give her a new pair of tweezers. With her clients, you know, I organize, I pay for the marketing, I pay for the advertising, I pay for the insurance on the building, I pay for everything. So, you know, if the bed breaks, I pay for the bed, do you know what I mean? So, I a lot of the money I, I make on the commission from her will get divvied out into my expenses of the actual salon itself. Yeah where she takes her money and does what she wants with it. Yeah, like, you... you, I'm going to say pro and con list again. <laughs> You've got to look at the whole picture. The whole picture of working for somebody, the whole yeah. picture of working for yourself. Because what you need to remember is, you working for yourself, depending on your price, prices, what you charge, are going to be earning more. Mm. Because um, what you're only going to earn between, what, seven to ten pounds per hour working mm. for somebody else, being employed in a beauty industry. Yeah, as an employer, you yeah. Don't, you don't earn a lot when yeah. you work in a beauty salon and you're employed. Yeah. You don't you don't get paid a lot. Whereas um, if you're charging, what, your two, your, your two hour one is a full set. Yeah. That's like 70, 80. Yeah. So you could be earning, what, 35 to 40 pounds an hour. Mm. So that's four times the amount that you're going to earn mm. working for somebody. So that's obviously a plus straight away, but then you've got to add on everything that's going to come out of that products, um, where you work and if you have to pay rent or anything. Mm. Um, so it's hard. There's pros and cons to both sides, isn't there? It's just weighing them up on work, what works best for you, really. I had this um, debate, funny enough, with Emily when I was trying to bring somebody else on into the team. And they were apprehensive to join the team because they charged £70 for a set of lashes and they didn't want to drop down to 35 quid or whatever it is, 35 quid um, for that set, which means they're earning £17.50 an hour. Um, they didn't want to um, drop down to that. But then I was saying, yeah, but you, all of your expenses are paid for. Mm. The only thing that you pay for is the petrol to get here. Um, everything else is paid for. So you, a lot of people, when they are self-employed and they're working for themselves, um, you need to factor in your profits. And that I think that's a really important thing that people miss. People don't actually know what their profit margin is. I know exactly what profits I'm making on what services. I know what profits I'm making on what products because you have to detract your expenses. So when girls say, um, oh, I own, I own 70 quid for a set of lashes. Yeah, but how much product did you use? What, what was your setup? How much, if you're renting a room, already your first set of lashes, if you're renting a room for... Uh, what a hundred quid a week let's say just to be even it's 20 quid a day if you're working a five-day week so wait yeah yeah oh my god um <laughs> so you've got to take that 20 quid off before you've even started so your first set isn't 70 quid it's 50 and then you've got to take off your products and everything else so you've got to work that out before you say oh no i'm earning this for this for this um treatment because you have to deduct your expenses from that and if your expenses level out as the same then it's just your preference yeah but i think i think this it, the emotional side of things comes into it more if you like working for yourself and you enjoy being like on your own and doing things and you've got the stock down and you've got everything down and you've got yourself into a routine then it might be more um it might be better for you to to work for yourself rather than in a salon space but if you're one of these people that thinks do you know what i do not want the fucking stress of it mm. i just want to rock up do my shit and go home then then yeah absolutely it's worth the money 
because that salon will be doing the marketing, that salon will be getting the clients in, that salon will be doing everything, all the hard fucking graft, and you just show up, yeah. slay a set of lashes or a set of nails, and go home. Yep, definitely. Yep. So, done. Next question. Oh my God, I don't even know what it is. Um, first five things you need to start a business. Oh my God. Okay, so you need a qualification. <laughs> Whatever it is you're doing. Yeah. I've heard some people say they're going to do stuff just by learning it on YouTube or by doing tutorials. Please do not do that. Mm-mm. You need your qualification and your insurance. Do not skimp on insurance. It's so important. Especially in the world we live in now where, where there's a blame, there's a claim. Mm-hmm. No. Um, you need your products, your kits, yep. everything. Again, I, for me, I wouldn't scrimp on the quality of the products because I no. think that I think that has a knock-on effect yeah. on the quality that you produce. So if you're buying shit lashes, you're going to create shit lash sets. Um, so you need your good quality products and a nice amount of stock. Yeah. Do your research. Yeah. It's so important. Just don't don't go for a brand just because you've um heard so-and-so's using it. Mm. Trial a couple of different ones and see yeah, what works best totally for you. Personal. It's yeah. Totally personal. Um location so you and i come yep. from total opposites yeah is the location you've got to think where am i gonna where where am i gonna be based and what works best for my client base like for for me i i love the fact of where i am because my client base is all has been that area for now a mm. year so i kind of want to stay there because it just is like i'm that local lash tech in that area um, yeah and it works well for me it's close to home like it's only like 15 20 minutes in the car 15 really for me and yeah. it's a nice setup so your location obviously plan, name your name business name your name um and to get more into it um i strongly recommend i know it's going to sound a bit extreme but not really a business plan don't just go right fuck it i'm gonna do lashes i'm gonna call myself lashes by jane um i'm gonna make everything on my instagram pink and i'm gonna work from home brilliant and then what and then where are you gonna be in a month's time two months three months four months five months whatever it is have a business prices how much you want to earn exactly exactly so many but obviously we will go into more of that in one of our episodes um but yeah a business plan is very important mm. and i think that's four no i think that's five i think it's five yes business name <laughs> obviously you need a business name yeah um, and be original oh my god yeah be original with your business name don't it, just copy don't do your name don't do you think about all the brands that you can remember if you list brands right now off the top of your head what brands stick out to you they're catchy names they're they're memorable names they're they're aesthetically pleasing names do not be long-winded or basic because you are giving you're not going to be remembered you want something quick and snappy something that um is is you so it's still that you are the part of the brand Take your time. There's no rush. Just there's no rush. Keep thinking about it. <laughs> um. So our last question. Oh my god! Finally. <laughs> Bloody hell. Um. What do you think when every person isn't in favour of your prices? Is it wise to lower them to gain people, or should you remain with your prices due to products? So, I'm just gonna do a little plug. Um. So within the first lockdown, um, Maddie Cook did a I think it was money mindset masterclass, which she did it for free. I did it, and it was. It's life-changing. She's amazing. 
Um, I spoke to her a little bit after that because she does coaching. She like does business. She's also on um, Bosch or Salon. Go follow her on Instagram. She's amazing. Um, and she sort of helped everyone and went over what you need to break down, like Sass touch, um, touched on. You've got to know all your prices that are coming in, all your, um, what do we take away? Profits, expenses. No, expenses. So you want to know how much how much products cost you within each set um, and everything like that. It's, it's amazing the depth that she goes into. So that's that's really that's really helpful. So definitely go follow her. Um, but... I think no. hell no. Hell no. no. Do you do research? I I definitely one thing I would say is I don't undercut people. Um, it's a nightmare. No, and it's not fair on other people because they'll want to undercut you and then then it just and you all you're doing is devaluing the service that you're doing, which I mentioned Mm -hmm. earlier. You're just making it if you just undercut and undercut and undercut, you're then removing the reason as to why you charge what you charge in the first place. If you're just knocking off so much off the top, and then you're not earning anything. Because you've got to take away your labour, so how much you're going to pay yourself per hour, the costs of actually doing that treatment. And I don't just mean your glue and your your colours for your nails or your lashes. It's everything. How much it costs you to go to work that day. Your salon overheads, your petrol, everything else. And also how much money you want to earn that day. When you're employed, you get mm. paid, even though you're on a salary or whatever, You get that breaks down to how much you earn a day how much your bills are at the end of the month you break that down to how much you need to earn a day for those bills so that all adds up so if you just knock it all off are you even going to be able to afford to do what you what you love doing yeah but you're just devaluing everything and also the people that cut so lamborghini do something that i think is amazing they don't advertise on tv you don't see a rolls royce advert on tv you don't see a lambo advert on tv because they say their clients are sit- aren't sitting at home watching tv and the same can apply for beauty. Cartier don't put a sale on. Tiffany don't have a sale on because their their product is the creme de la creme. Now I'm not saying that you have to go around and be like, I'm gonna be a hundred quid for lashes, even though there are a hundred quid for lashes, and I'm just gonna do a little side note on this. Our country is so cheap in terms of the rest of the world for the yeah. services that we do. The nails that Rach does for me are easily a hundred plus dollars in the states and in, in in australia if you have a little google they're easily 150 dollars for a set like this yes yeah, starting at 150 easily just for that that's for basic yeah there's like no nail out on them nail out's looking two, it, 250 plus exactly and for lashes that you need infilling every two to three weeks there are lashes out there and if you don't believe me have a little google ask any american contacts that you've got on instagram or australian they charge $200 plus for a full set of mega volume lashes. It's easily $280. Canada, the States, Australia, that's what they charge. And they expect those lashes to be infilled every two to three weeks. Mm. And they have the same policy we do. And we're quibbling over 50 quid for yeah. a set of lashes or 60 quid for a set of lashes. Like we do get mocked as a country, but I think it's because we're not a licensed country. Mm. But when you're cheapening your product, you're cheapening the fact that it is a luxury treatement. Having your nails done is a luxury treatment. Yeah, that's your what hair, it is your lashes. It's a yeah. luxury treatment. And it's how you look at it. I think if you're cheapening it, you're you're removing the reason as to why girls need to get it in the first place. They need to get it for that indulgence, for that luxury feel, for them to feel good about themselves. Lashes isn't a 20 quid service. No. The detail that goes into putting every single fan on every single individual lash and at the right length for your natural lash and the right map that suits your eye and two hours of my back breaking t- like time and my eyesight the effect that it has on my eyesight 
no, it's not worth 20 quid no. or f- even 40 quid. Uh, you know, I understand people doing introductory offers when they first start. Definitely, but you've got to mark them as introductory yeah. and they're still, like, you've got to start as you mean to go on. Yeah. So if you start too low, what thing I will say is mm-hmm. you, if you start cheap, you will only attract cheap clients. Yeah. Then when you increase your money, you will yes. lose them. Yes, because they'll go to the next deal. Yeah. You've got to. If you if you keep doing deals, you're never going to retain clients because they're only there for the for the deal. That is it. Mm-hmm. So you need to be charging a price, maybe ten pounds less than what your main price is going to be. Yeah. So don't look and think right. That's going to be my introductory, mm. and then that's going to be my after. Yeah, you can't no, jump. No, start from your main price, deduct a tenner. Yeah. And then that way it's high. You're going to retain your clients because yeah. they know that we're going to be getting a good service. And yeah. the thing is as well, if you are cheap, you are obviously you're you're attracting cheap clients, but clients who actually will be loyal won't come to you for the mm. fact that they, they are too off. cheap. Yeah. They think what's wrong with what, yeah, what's, what's wrong, wrong with it? Why is it that cheap? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think that um when you when you go in like Rach says, you know, you knock off a tenner, I can hear girls right now listening to this podcast going, How can I when I first start out, how can I charge 50 or 60 quid for my very first set of lashes that's not how I did it and I tell all my students and all my clients the second I qualified I didn't go straight into charging I I know that might be a little bit controversial because obviously you want to make back the money that you've invested in your course but this is not a race this is a marathon and to get to be stable and consistent and progressing Mm. you don't rush oh i need to i need to get the clients now so i'm going to do 10 pounds for every client i take Mm. on what is the fucking point it may be 10 pounds for a model but what i did is when i first qualified and i really encourage my uh, my students to do this is work like practice 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 on a model remove that set get another model in remove that set once it's done continuously practice so that when you are ready to take clients on not only are you ready in a skill but you're also ready emotionally mm. i find that when when students first start and they're paying clients every one of them has a fucking meltdown because they're doing their first client like two or three weeks after they yeah. qualify and they're going oh my god i was really nervous and this happened this happened it's a real person oh my god it's real. slow your roll there is no rush and i would rather you be putting out quality than quantity because you will get there and you'll get to the 50 grand a year plus earnings you will it is possible but if you're rushing it you're going to stumble all over yourself and you're going to set up a bad reputation when you get started mm. when i very first started true story and i say it every time i do training People didn't know I was new. I didn't tell people I was new either. In fact, I was a bit of a madam. I went in full price straight away. But I had been practicing behind the scenes mm. from the day that I qualified to about two or three months later when I then started taking fully booked appointments. And because I used that time to practice, I also used that time to build my Instagram, to build up the hype for the business opening, to build up a client base of interested people. And then when the doors opened, I had bookings. And I was comfortable. I was going at my pace. Yeah, of course, I made a couple of fuck-ups here and there. Go brand new, I wasn't, you know, I didn't know everything. I still don't know everything. Mm. But it it had more of a trust because I guarantee you, you doing your lash sets for 20 quid and you're nervous, these girls smell blood in the water. Your clients will smell blood in the water and they will be the clients that come back to you and say, oh, actually, I've had a couple of lashes fall out when you know sure as shit they've gone and they've either gone on a hot tub the night they've, they've had their lashes done yeah. or they've taken their makeup off with oily makeup remover and rubbed their eyes or they've cried and they've picked them and but you doubt yourself and you're mm. in a panic and you just want the money or the client or whatever it is yeah 
take back all of the control compose yourself and think this business isn't for a week or or whatever it is this business is for my life so take each step and consistently execute each step calmly and in control of your situation because then you're building the foundations to an incredible business rather than being fucking cowboy yeah don't be nervous Mm. i always say fake it till you make it just yeah. act act the way you want to be in three, yeah. six months' time. And then it will happen. It'll happen. Yeah. Act like you have already got your shit together. And yeah. you'll be absolutely fine. And if they don't see the 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 sort of if they don't see the, the quality of your services and they don't they can't justify the prices for it, then they aren't buying into you anyway. So they're yeah. not the type of clients for you anyway. No. You want the clients that go I mean, I say it to you all the time. You need to increase your prices because your nails are insane. And and the same for... I even got told by another lash tech, I've just seen your prices. You need to increase your prices because your work is so much better. And I'm going, Jesus, I thought my prices were like a, a, a good, happy medium because obviously down south it's much cheaper. Mm. Um, so it, it, if they don't see that you're worth that price, they aren't the Lambo purchases. No. And it is what You've it is. You've got to... This is a good thing like I saw when I came back into nails. You've got to look who you want your clients to be. Do you want Primark clients or do you want like Selfridges clients? Bitch, exactly. And look what outlet you want. My With nails, my clients are hooked. Mm. So I know who will stay with me when I increase my prices because they're like, Probably. I'm going to pay that because I can't, I, can't, I can't not have my nails on. So yeah. I'm going to pay that. Yeah. Mm. Probs all of them. Yeah. And it's because of the quality and they, they buy into you. They believe that you are worth that price. Mm. You know, you don't have you don't have people that go in, like I say, you don't have people that go into Tiffany Jewelry and go, oh, I don't think that diamond ring's worth that. I'm not mm. paying that. Well, don't walk into Tiffany then. And, yeah. you know, there will always be your lash techs at different levels and your nail techs yeah. at different levels. And that's absolutely fine. If you want to do lashes at 40, 30 quid and you're happy with that and you don't, you know, you're happy with where you are and you're happy with the clients that come in and you don't need much more than that, Fine, absolutely fine. But if you're in a position where you're charging a certain price and you're worried that people are going to leave you or not or not buy into you because your price is at a certain level and it's too high for them, you're you're trying to target the wrong audience. Yeah. Those are the, the deal hunters, the Primark clients. Don't try and because you're never going to force it because they don't see yeah. the worth in your no. treatment. And that's fine. It's a waste, of, waste of time. That's going back to what you said about um, clients not sticking with you. That's fine. Don't look at it. Look, don't look at it as a loss. Look at it as a gain because you have gained that space to yes. have a client who actually yes. respects you and wants that service. Yes. And you know what? When they spend that kind of money and they really feel the value in it, that was what I was looking for. The value, they will take care of that treatment. Yeah. Like they will. They will oil the cuticles. They will wash their lashes yeah. because they see the value in it if somebody thinks you're too expensive or they don't see the value in it those are the ones that don't take care of their their treatment their nails or their lashes they're just not taking care of it because no. they don't see the value in what you're doing mm. so those are not clients the clients you want so it's a win-win yeah and i thought yeah. we did it we did it we did episode it. two no episode well two three <laughs> we literally had to break it up because it was too long we were running over like an hour yes so yes, that is the end of our Q&A episodes, oh. plural. Catch us next time for episode four. What will it be? What will it be? Oh. Yeah, I'm so excited. But um, yeah, 
followers on our newly Instagram, which is the underscore no no underscore bullshit underscore beauty underscore podcast. Um, All updates and shiz will be on there as well as our own Instagrams yep. as well. My Instagram for my lash page is underscore lash underscore candy and the same for my academy page which is underscore lash underscore candy underscore academy. And then I am found on a vamp nail designs. All one word. Yes. And yours yeah. is easier with all the, uh, yeah. without the old fucking underscores. <laughs> but yes, well, so yeah, stay tuned. You. And we'll see you next episode. Bye. Bye.